Yo, this is episode six of the K Podcast. The fuck is good. We got Rook in the building, and we got a special guest. For the first time, the first guest on the K Podcast, the special Smith Shaw. Say what's up, Smith. Hey, how's everyone doing? Um, little background, Smith and I have known each other since high school, so since I was fucking 14, 13 probably. Something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually used to play in bands together, um, at least two bands, right? Or I think, it, yeah, I think two bands, yeah. The same band that kind of... It just more Transformed. Diff- different people <laughs> came in and out. Um, but my man Smith on the lead guitar and I was playing the drums and we're in the works of getting something else together, but we'll, you know, we'll save that for another time. But I got my boy Smith on here today. Um, and as we spoke before recording, this man right here has traveled to more places on the globe than literally anybody else I've ever known in life. And he's only what, a year older than me? Yeah, I'm 31. Yeah, so that's fucking nuts. So I wanted him to come on here. Uh, he's always telling me crazy stories off mic, so I figured we'd get some on mic. Um, first things first, a little initiative over here, you know what I mean? But now the first question I have for you, Smith, plain and simple, what is the the your favorite or the best place that you've traveled to and why? That's a tough question, you know. I've, I've probably been to... I would say maybe somewhere around 40 countries at this point. Uh, certainly countries uh, all over the, the, the globe, including every single continent, except Antarctica. One day I will make it up <laughs> to Antarctica. One day. Uh, I got to decide, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a, a checklist thing almost. Um, but, yet, you know, I've been to uh, the country I'm about to mention twice. Um, both times uh, that I've been there, I've just been blown away by it. And it's none other than New Zealand, Lord of the Rings, baby. Okay. And why? How you say you've been there twice? I've what? been there twice. My uh, brother actually lived out there for about three years, um, okay. so I went to visit him. Uh, first time was in college. Got to go out there for a month during one of the summer breaks, and that was a really cool experience. We took about two and a half weeks, and we spent that just road tripping both the North Island and the South Island of New Zealand. Damn. Okay. And what was your favorite thing that you did while you were there besides obviously spending time with your beloved brother? You know, honestly, it was it was almost just the driving. Like, it's the, one of the only countries I've ever been to where I have legitimately stopped the car every 20, 30 minutes on the road just to get just out of the car and, and take a picture. So just, and just the like, scenery. It's the most amazing and spectacular scenery I have ever seen nice. in my life. And it's every kind of scenery, all, all mixed into one in a sense. 
You can get desert. You can get, uh, you know, tropical rainforest. You can get beaches, mountains that are snow-capped, you know, uh, glacier-carved valleys. It is just, like, every kind of spectacular scenery. A little scenery. bit of everything. Yeah, all just crammed into these two tiny little islands. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. When was the last time you went there? Um, last time I went out there was probably in... 2015, uh, it was part of a big backpacking trip I did of about four and a half months out in Southeast Asia, and my first stop was two weeks in New Zealand, nice. where, again, I rented a car and just road tripped, uh, mostly on the South Island this time, which is the one I would probably say is the more beautiful of the two. You know, both, both islands put together are great, but uh, South Island, if you had to choose one, it'd be the South Island. Um, but what was really cool this time around was, um, I actually got the chance to cross off the number one thing off my bucket list. And this has been on there for probably since high school, since I've known you. Um, but it was to go cage diving with great white sharks and I find, Oh yeah. For some reason I heard you say cage. I thought you meant cave. Oh, oh no! Hell no! You cave won't find side. me cave diving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay to get in the water with great whites, but no way am I going into a cave like cage that. Cage diving—that's right. Not you were like feeding them the chum and all that shit. No, no. Actually, you know, uh, the, it's a funny story. Um, so hey, I I get out there. Oh, she's fine. I get out there, and the night before I'm supposed to go do this, I legitimately have every possible nightmare you can have about Sharks this experience going wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm on the boat, and, you know, I'm mostly there because it's the number one thing on my bucket list, and I just got to somehow conquer these these fears that I might have. <laughs> and, you know, we're out there. We're anchored up. We're waiting for the sharks to come out to us. So we go to this spot, like, right off of uh, this place called Stewart Island in uh, southern New Zealand. And there's a resident population of somewhere around 200 or so great white sharks that stays there pretty much throughout the year just because of how rich the the food is over okay. there. Not to cut you off, New, New Zealand's the Aborigines, right? Uh, no, Aborigines was Australia. Okay. New Zealand had, uh, their Aborigines were called the Maori. The Maori. Yeah, and they, you've uh, probably recognized a lot of their, like, haka dances. Uh, they do that with, like, the tongue out and, like, the eyeballs real big. Okay, yeah, Like, yeah. you've probably seen some people do do that kind of shit in popular culture now, but that, that originates from the Maoris, which are the indigenous of New Zealand. Of New Zealand. Yeah. I was just recently watch, watching Flight of the Concords, <laughs> so when you said that, it made me think of that. Yeah, but well, anyway. Flight of the Concords, great, great <laughs> New Zealand comedy. <laughs> Um, okay, back to the sharks. Yeah, so um, I'm out there. You know, we're anchored up. We're waiting for some sharks to show up. They uh, use tuna oil to lure the sharks out there because I guess they can sense the tuna oil yeah. for a longer period, like a larger period away or, or something. About to come exactly. Up. So we're waiting out there. An hour's gone by. No shark has shown up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking to myself, hey, you know, maybe I can just get away with saying, hey, I tried to come out here. The sharks didn't come. You know? <laughs> but at least I went, I, I, I went to the spot. Exactly. Just like, I there. tried it. Um, but no. And then I'm uh, not a pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least I was there. I, I know, went. I was, okay. I was willing. Fuck you. But uh, yeah. no, right then, uh, of course, the shark shows up and it's just like almost out of nowhere, just right next to the boat. And so, you know, we're all like volunteering to see who's going to go in first. And I wasn't going to be in that 
first lot for sure. I was like, you know, you guys go ahead. You know, see how it goes with you guys. Exactly. See what happens to you fucks. So, you know, when it's my turn to go in, um, I go in and I kid you not. It was almost like this instant transformation. As soon as I got in the water with the shark, all of my fears just like melted away. And I was just left in awe, just awe awe of this creature and by the it sheer was, size, I mean, just, not even just the sheer size, but like you could almost sense the intelligence behind this creature. Like you could tell like, OK, this creature, the way it's acting, the way it's behaving, it's just curious. I know about, it can hurt me, but it may not want to. Exactly. He's, like it has no. checking me out right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have any malicious intent or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. It's just as curious in me as I am in it. True. And uh, yeah, it was just. That I would I would definitely say that was probably one of the most amazing and fulfilling experiences of my life. Just to be able to not only conquer those fears, initial fears that I had, but then to be left in that complete state of just awe, you know, at the world around you. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely something I would I would consider very very high on my on my top memories. And you said that was your most recent. New Zealand trip. That was my most recent New Zealand trip. That's right. Okay. Damn, that's fucking awesome. What got me thinking about it, because we were talking to Jeremy last night, and you guys were saying all the tales from fucking Asia, and then he's that's down right. in Colombia. That's yeah. right, So first time Jeremy ever... So Jeremy's a childhood friend of mine, known known for ages. Mutual friend. Um, this guy is probably the whitest kid you'll ever know. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, as white as they come. Um, and... The first time he ever travels internationally, he does so right after he's recuperating from an ACL, torn ACL surgery. Yeah, he was saying he got leg surgery. Yeah, That's what he was so about. he, this motherfucker decides to go skiing in New Jersey, of all places, and gets fucked up Fair on the mountains there. Fair enough. Tears his ACL, <laughs> has to get ACL surgery, is out of commission for like months, right? Um, but the, like, as soon as he's able to re- even remotely start walking again, he takes, he, co- he takes off an hour flight. Yeah. On a 24 hour <laughs> flight to meet me in Bangkok. This was during our, uh, my big backpacking trip. And this motherfucker shows up like with a cane in hand, like just doped up on Percocets, oh my God. just like ready to like explore <laughs> Southeast Asia of all places. Let's go. Yeah, and you know what? What ensued was just pure hilarity. Just seeing this like super white kid be shell shocked at like being in like such a third world like country or like just such a different place that, as Asia is. That was the first time he left the country. That was the first time he ever left the country. Straight to Asia. Straight to Bangkok. Damn. Well, this kid's now living in Medellin, Colombia. That's why I ask, because. Oh yeah, I mean once he once he started traveling, as with you know most people, it's just like it just becomes a thing, yeah. you know, Damn, it becomes man. a passion. Yeah, that's crazy. Rook, stop. You nuts? We got Rook over here trying to play with Smith with the little bone toy. Okay, so we got the best story now. I know you have a worse experience. I heard about the food poisoning last night. I don't know if you want to rehash that or if you got something worse. Uh, I'll give you one that's like, it was the day I probably had the most, the highest highs and the lowest lows that I probably had in a single day. All right. Um, so again, this was part of my big, um, you know, four month backpacking trip in Southeast Asia. 
And I was in Thailand, but this was probably about like a week, two weeks before I was going to meet up with Jeremy. And I was in I was in the Southern Islands, this island called Koh Tao, which is famous for people learning how to dive. There's so many different dive resorts like all over this tiny little island. So that morning, uh, I had just finished getting my dive certification and some buddies that I had made, um, you know, in the diving uh, class. And I were like, okay, we can finally like go check out this island. Let's go rent some scooters and Uh go check it out. So, you know, we're going around this island, checking it out. And we noticed that there's like this road that leads up like the single mountain that's on this island. And like we were heard some people talking about that and being like, oh, that's like the best viewpoint that you can have. Naturally. So we're like, okay, yeah, let's go check it out. Yeah, yeah. Scooty bike. Yeah. So we're taking these scooters up there. I'm like in the front and I'm going up this real steep incline, like real fucking steep. And all of a sudden the engine in my scooter just gives out and my scooter just stops and starts rolling backwards (laughs) down this incline. I'm assuming no e-brake or any. Yeah, nothing. I mean, like I'm trying to hold the brakes, but that's not stopping the momentum of what's happening here, you know? And so I get basically like thrown off the scooter backwards and I go unconscious, like blackout. Like I get fucked up. Right. And as soon as I regain consciousness, like, the first thing I remember doing is just like checking all my bones. I'm like, cause I'm still in shock. So the yeah. pain hasn't hit me, yeah, yeah. but I know I, I just got fucked up. How fast like, were you going? You think, uh, when I was trying to go up and when the engine stalled, uh, it's hard to say cause it was in kilometers, but I was probably going like 30, 40 kilometers an hour, uh, but then which it, is like, it came to a stop and then yeah, yeah, how exactly. fast were you going back? Not necessarily like a full stop, but it was like almost like it just stopped going had stopped having forward momentum and just started rolling backwards. <laughs> uh, and oh like, like so the worst part about it was they gave us a helmet, uh, at the store, but my helmet, the strap was so mu- uh, like busted mm. that it was just like blocking my eyesight. Yeah. Like anytime I was trying to wear it. So I took the helmet off (laughs) and it was hanging on my scooter when all of this happened. So it is a miracle that I didn't like bust my head or something like that. Um, But so I get fucked up. The scooter's fucked up and like we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we a get me some form of medical attention on this uh, remote road mountain? Yeah. Going up this (laughs) mountain and then B, how do we get the scooter back down? Because it wasn't running again. It, yeah. was, it certainly wasn't running. It was like messed up. It was probably heavy. You couldn't just walk that exactly. shit Exactly. Yeah, we were like, away. we were way, like a ways away from yeah. like where we rented the scooters. And so, you know, finally we were, my friends were able to like take their scooters, go down, get somebody like, uh, yeah, somebody with a truck to come help us out. And this guy, like this tiny island, of course he knows whose scooters these are. Yeah. So the first thing he does is call call the guy we like, uh, you know, rented the scooters from, and tell him exactly what happened. So there was no way I was getting out of like yeah, yeah. paying for these damn. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> and so like first place we stop is like a drugstore, so I can get some painkillers, some like uh, you know antiseptic, some gauze, and all that stuff to cut like. You know, uh, treat sure. myself, yeah, give, yeah. give myself first aid ultimately. Um, and so, you know, go return the scooters, everything like that. And like, 
that night we were supposed to have a party with like our whole dive class for like uh you know getting our certifications and i'm just like man i just got super fucked up like is this (laughs) what i'm gonna go do but i hot i popped some of those painkillers in and in thailand like they have some really good over-the-counter prescription legal almost right exactly they have a lot of like yeah exactly like like similar similarities so I'm like on those and I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling too much pain, maybe a little stiffness, uh, but like not too much pain. I'm going to go check this out. And I end up like in this weird state of like somewhere between drunk and genius to where (laughs) I like waiting in the line for the one bathroom at this bar. I end up meeting this Norwegian chick and her and I get to talking and she invites me back to her table with her friends. And then we're all talking, they're playing cards and I'm like, Oh, you know, I know some magic. Let me show you guys some magic tricks. Some mad. Do you know magic? I do know magic. Okay. So I didn't know I, that. Little known fact. Uh, I used to be, my brother used to do magic and I was his assistant. But like, oh, shit. We would do it in front of like crowds of like hundreds of people. Like every, what was this? every year. This was like when I was a, like grade like, school. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. We're breaking news here on the podcast. <laughs> That's fucking wild. First time. <laughs> No, but uh, so I whip out some magic tricks and these and this girl's like mad impressed with me at this point. Right. And so I'm just like in the smoothest way possible. Like, oh, hey, you know, because she mentioned to me that she's in med school. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, I totally got super fucked up. today. (laughs) Can you give me medical aid? (laughs) Yeah. Like I need to change out my bandages. Can you help me out? Okay. And she was just like, oh, yeah, sure. I can help you out with that. I'm like, yeah, but my bandages are in my room. And so, like, we end up going back into the back to my, <laughs> my room and hooking up. Cock. And I'm just like, how in the world did all of this happen to me in a single fucking day? Hey, man. Sometimes it was wild. Life will balance itself out, you know? Some fucked up shit happens to a good guy, you know? Good karma will get you back. That's funny, though. I got some <laughs> medical bandages in my, uh, you know? You come on back. And where, where was all this again? This was in a, uh, an island called Koh Tao in Koh Tao. Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Damn. So we got New Zealand. We got Thailand. I know you've been... You said you went to Colombia, but not to where Jeremy's Not to Medellin, yeah. I've been to Bogota and uh, Cartagena. And you said they were pretty rough. Uh, I mean, Bogota was all right. It was like a kind of metropolitan uh, South American city. Uh, that you would pretty much expect with like terrible roads and like True. terrible uh, traffic, but <laughs> I certainly wouldn't live in Bogota. Yeah, fair myself. enough. Um, um, and India, because you say, how many times have you been there total? You think? Uh, if I had to guess, uh, probably like six, seven times now at this point. Not to mention being born there. Well, yeah. So how? I guess a better question would be how much, like timeline of your life, how how much total time you think you spent there. Oh, uh, well, the, the, certainly the first four years of my life. So on top of that, maybe a total of another year and a half. Okay. Just combining all the trips. Yeah. Just combining all the trips. Cause when, uh, after we first, my family, uh, first emigrated to, in, uh, America, we would go back almost every year, every year, every other year, if we could afford it, but we would go for the entire summer. Which I fucking hated. Really? Oh, it was the worst. Because it was just like, you know, I only had my cousins to play with, and it was the hottest time to be in sure. India. How so hot does it get over there? 
Uh, where I'm Florida, from, so. uh, which is a city called Ahmedabad, which is like in this very dry region of India. Yeah. In that Hot period of time, like <laughs> you're talking at least like on a daily average around 100 degrees, 100 Damn. and like sometimes it get up to like 115, 120. And humidity or? Uh, no humidity, dry okay. heat. Yeah. But Damn. still like yeah. pretty sweltering. Yeah. I mean, over a hundred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, got any do's or don'ts for India? Uh, definitely do not drink the water. <laughs> do not drink the water. Yeah, but uh, the do's, you know, depending on uh, how well you you think your stomach can handle it, the street food yeah, is the food, a little gnarly. just, oh my God. Spicy I, as a bitch? Uh, it can be. I mean, I think, you know, there's a difference between spicy in terms of there is a lot of different spices in here yeah. and spicy in terms of like, wow, this is really You're hot. shit lava. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would mistake the spicy that's a lot of flavor for the other spicy in India. But that's not to say that there isn't also that other spice, mm-hmm. the hot spice. So, but it's totally worth it. I literally gain like probably 10 pounds every time I go to India. Hey, just not, eating. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and now just given the conversation we were having last night with Jeremy, and I know you mentioned thinking more about moving out of the country. If you had to pick, if let's say top three places. Okay. Like you realistically to, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, well, idealistically. Realistically. First, we'll do realistically, okay. just because, like I said, you've traveled so much, yeah. so you have a more realistic realistic idea of what it would really be to live there, not just to visit. Sure, yeah. Um, and then we'll do ideally. Okay. Do three realistic, one ideal. Okay, I'll, I'll do them in different, different regions, too. Um, so as far as South or Central America goes, uh, and one realistic op- option would definitely be Costa Rica. Costa. So Costa Rica is just easy to get over there, easy to stay over there, which is all, which is typically a challenge in a lot of uh, places. And uh, you know they have a lot of great values, and the ecotourism thing is big there. If you're into nature, which mm-hmm. I personally definitely am, definitely. Uh, but if you're looking for a poor man's Costa Rica, Nicaragua, which is just north of Costa Rica, and has just about everything that Costa Rica has. Uh, just a less stable government, um, <laughs> but it's like significantly cheaper version of Costa Rica. And Costa is fairly cheap. Yes. So that's uh, just to give you an idea. I did a full weekend in Nicaragua, including flights, alcohol, food, accommodation, transportation, literally across the entire country. Basically, private transportation, less than five hundred dollars. Damn. Yeah. 500 US. 500 US. That's correct. Damn. I mean, you got to know how to plan it too, right? That's the other thing. You got to do your research. You got to figure out how can you get the best bang for your buck. But if you can do that, then you can do things like this and get away with really cheap uh, kind of travel. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I told you... One of the two places that I've gone outside of the U.S., one of them was Costa. But I remember everything being so cheap. I couldn't tell you how much, you know, this was, I was 20 years old or something like that. Yeah. So I don't really remember what exactly the whole trip cost and how much each item might cost. But I remember just being shocked at like, wow, I can get all of this. Like a giant fucking meal 
of essentially three dinners for me, you know what I mean, was $8. Yeah, and the great thing about <laughs> it that. is it's uh, probably all grown in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah, super, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super good, uh, organic, just fire-ass food. Mm-hmm. So number so we two. we got Costa. Yeah, with number two, let's move over towards Europe. Probably Germany. I would say Germany. Yeah. So I uh, did a semester abroad in Germany in a little town called Bomberg and just fell in love with it. See, and I didn't know any of this. This is why I wanted you on here. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even know that. Okay. Yeah. So Bomberg is uh, actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site because it was one of the few cities that wasn't bombed during World War II. Yeah, it's so Bomberg. there are literally bom- this town bombed. is called Bomberg. Yeah, it's called Bomberg, and it's never and it's been, been bombed. Okay, yeah, gotcha. and really ironic. Just making sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's like a thousand year old church in this town. There are breweries there from the 1500s. Like, Fifth, what the? Fuck? Yeah, like it's insane. But, but it's like a little town, like a fifty thousand people, like the size of Gainesville, pretty much. True. Um, just very old yeah. school. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like super fucking cool. Um, but I made a lot of friends there, learned a lot about German culture, uh, German ethics, uh, you know, the, the German people. And, you know, I just like of all the European countries, it's probably one of the easier to find a job in as an American. Really? Uh, yeah, just because. Um, and with mo- any trade? Uh, with a lot of different trades, I would say, because there's a, a much higher tolerance. The problem with a lot of the European countries, like France or uh, Spain and like a lot of those other countries, Italy, for example, mm. is if you're trying to find a job there, they almost always require you to be able to speak French, Spanish, Italian. Fair. Um, it's very difficult to find a job just as an English-speaking person. Whereas in Germany, particularly in Berlin... Uh, it's very easy because it's almost a requirement that you should be able to speak English hmm. um, because it's the language of business, ultimately. Yeah, fair. You don't speak German, though, do you? Uh, no. I picked, up, uh, I picked up a, a little bit yeah, yeah, here and there. Uh, funny, funny story about that is, uh, so uh, for some reason, huge Rammstein fan, right? <laughs> yeah. So, as a little kid, listening to... Wait, listen- for those who don't know, Rammstein is like a German, German metal, band. metal band. Yeah, and they, they had that famous song, Du Hast. Right? Yeah, yeah, what? When the last time we were in the car together going to the Springs, well, that was that song that yeah, you were playing? Yeah, exactly. Du Hast. <laughs> so, you know, me as a little kid, uh, listening to this stuff... Um, you know, trying to pretend like I knew what they were saying and sing the lyrics yeah, like yeah. I thought they were saying it. Rammstein. Inadvertently helped me learn German pronunciation. And, yeah. like, I would get compliments from the German people being like, oh, your pronunciation is so good. Yeah. How, how is it that good? And I'd be like, you ever Rammstein? Rammstein? <laughs> yeah, Rammstein songs, bro. <laughs> so you probably know how to say, do you listen to Rammstein in German? <laughs> yeah, I, I probably don't, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since I've been back there, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I know that's how a lot of people... I think my mom mainly learned English from, like, TV and Mm -hmm. music and stuff like that. I mean, I know I listen to a lot of Spanish music and radio to help with my Spanish, you know, pronunciation, just overall understanding. But, yeah, that's funny, fucking Rammstein. I mean, I had forgotten about that band until you played it in the car that one day, and that was was some good shit. Oh, man. Uh, so I guess number three for realistic would probably be Thailand, probably Bangkok. Thailand. 
Yeah, even I uh, with the food poisoning. Or even that? with the food poisoning, <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely got the worst food poisoning of my life there. But I also spent a month there, so I guess it's in the cards. And uh, you said, or was it you or Jeremy was saying? I guess like the smog is much better now, and that was that in no, that Thailand was, or that yeah, was, I think that was in Thailand. I don't know about the smog being better per se, because it's particularly because when I went, it was during burn season there. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. What it was. So he was saying like the the open the sewage, sewage situation was yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, Bangkok's a super modern city. There's a lot to do in and around Bangkok. It can serve as a really good hub for exploring Southeast Asia because there's all sorts of cheap Kinda flights like the home and cheap. Base and just exactly, because that's pretty much what I did. Was I used for like a solid month and a half? I used uh, Bangkok as my home base, and I would go to like Myanmar, or I would go to Cambodia, or I would go to like Northern Thailand for a little while, I'm or Southern Thailand, and I would just come back to, to Bangkok. There. Yeah, it's, it's really cheap, I would say. So I had that apartment that uh, Jeremy and I were talking about. So this uh, one and a half bedroom, two bath, like uh, condo that we uh, rented through Airbnb right near like the super popular, like backpacking district and like had uh, river views was, mm, I want to say like $150 for like five, five, six days. Damn. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It was, it was really cheap. I mean, you could get a beer there for like a dollar. You could get like an entire meal like on the streets for a dollar. Yeah. That. Yeah. And in Thailand, like, man, you got that's the thing about Southeast Asia. Sometimes you got to roll the dice and you just well, got to yeah. eat the street. Food, what did man. you say? What did you eat for the that made you get food poisoning? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was some lettuce. Lettuce. Made the mistake of mm. tr- eating some lettuce on a sandwich. Yeah, I thought because the sandwich was hot, like, oh, yeah. They but, cooked this shit. <laughs> yeah, not thinking to myself, they obviously wouldn't cook the lettuce. Like, Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Damn, so Costa Rica, Germany, and Thailand. Yeah, those would be my realistic three, I would say. Okay, and now ideal. Ideal number Perfect one, world. New Zealand. Word. For sure. So why would that not be in the realistic, though? So the challenge with New Zealand is it's very it's difficult to, to est- well, it's, you can get there really easily. It's just staying there is a challenge. Like establishing permanent residency there is very difficult because you, you basically have to have a New Zealand, like a job in New Zealand in order to establish permanent residency there. And you, I'm assuming you need a visa to work over there? Uh, you would initially, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like the, 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 the government has like policies in place that like uh, make it so that people from New Zealand get for priority preference for those jobs, too. True. So that makes it just a little bit more challenging to be an expat. Not to say that people don't do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you were saying about Germany, uh, the biggest perk would be if you already speak English, mm-hmm. but they already speak English in New Zealand. Right? Correct. So yeah. there's really no perk, I guess. No, I mean, well, at least uh, certainly, like, you don't need to learn a lot of new things yeah, if you yeah. go to New Zealand. That's fair. Nice. All right. Well, we're at, like, 30 minutes. You got any other uh, worldly advice you want to give before we sign off? Also, I mean, Smith lives close to here, so uh, I got an email set up for the show. Hopefully people send in questions so we can always have you back on, you know what I mean? Hey, man, happy to be here. <laughs> This was fun. Uh, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, still got a little, you know what I mean? 
But um, yeah, any any last worldly advice? Yeah, uh, honestly, um, I would just say don't be afraid to bum it. Sometimes bumming it is the best way to learn about the local people or the local culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to give you a random story, um, not to continue going back to Thailand, but I spent a lot of time there. But uh, (laughs) I was on another island in Thailand just riding a scooter around. This was like probably a week before that scooter accident happened. And... I just happened to see this random mom and pop shop that was like set up for lunch, but like no one was there. And so I just like literally in like a backstreet kind of alley situation. Right. So I just go in and I start talking to the owner who's this like old grandma and like she doesn't speak any English, but like her daughter does. So she I'm like, we're using her daughter to like communicate between us. And like she not only proceeds to make me possibly the best pad thai I've ever had in my life, but then gives me her phone number and email address and tells me the next time I'm in town to like give her a call and she'll prepare me like an entire fucking feast. Damn. Uh, Because I, you know, for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm a vegetarian. So and finding vegetarian food in Thailand is. While not necessarily difficult, you have to be very specific because a lot of the stuff has fish sauce. And so this, uh, this, this lady was able to cook it for me without any of that and was just like, oh, don't worry, I got you. Covered. I got you. She Her gave me this chef. like book on Buddhism because like uh, she was all about it. And it, it was just a really wholesome, cool experience. But that wouldn't have never, you know, that kind of thing would have never happened if I was just sticking it. to things I read online yeah. or, you the know, pave path. Yeah, exactly. Just like, don't be afraid to walk around and explore, you know? Well, now, obviously with all this COVID bullshit going on, how has that, I know it affected some of your travel plans, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, two of my trips got canceled. So one was going to be to Peru to go hiking on a five day, five day uh, trek. Um, and then the other was actually going to be, to Colombia to go visit Jeremy mm. and Medellin, but unfortunately Medellin. both of those got uh, got canceled. But you know the the main thing in life is be adaptable, be flexible, and yeah. you know I was able to pivot and uh, go on a basically cross country road trip for about two and a half weeks, where yeah, I did was, uh, you know Utah you and all the Utah shit. parks and stuff. Um, that was great. And how I mean, how long ago was that? Now that you went and hiked Patagonia, that wasn't even a year, right? No, that was over Christmas break. Um, yeah, like right also, before all this shit cracked. Literally life changing experience. Hell yeah! Not <laughs> if, if if you are into hiking or anything outdoorsy, the hiking in Torres del Paine National Park in Chile, there is nothing like it. <laughs> the water is so clean you can literally drink from any running stream in the yeah, park. Yeah, that is fucking insane. Yeah, I'm thirsty. Just fucking lay down on the floor and <laughs> put your face in the river. Yeah, it's pretty great. Damn. All right. Well, 35 minutes. Oh, my bad. You got it. Um, yeah, 35 minutes in. Like I said, if you got any any questions for Smith, hit the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. My man lives right up the street. Be back anytime. Um, but that'll wrap it up for episode six. Until next time, appreciate you guys checking in. If you are, if not, get the fuck out of here. One love.
Peace. 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 Peace.